Arboria. Everyone, welcome to Yeah, but the podcast. My name is Vivian Gabor, and I get to sit down today with someone who knows way more about history than I do. And I like to think I know a lot, so because uh, I'm a know-it-all. So <laughs> um, he knows so incredibly much. He's also apparently a personal favorite of Kristen Chenoweth's. Uh, everyone, give it up for Trevor. Ch- oh no, I forgot to ask you how to say your last name. Is it Chauvin? Chauvin. Chauvin. Like showing a van. Because it's a French last name, right? Yes, it's actually Chauvin. Chauvin. Yes. But <laughs> for for civilian. So Chauvin. from now on I'm just whenever I see you, I'm just gonna call you Treville. <laughs> You're welcome to. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, so actually question about that, since it's it doesn't look like the spelling of your last name's changed at all from the original French. Are you, is it like a recent um, family coming over to the U.S. or is it no. just My one of the rare cases? Goes pretty far back. Um, they were from France, then went to Nova Scotia in Canada, and then were indentured servants in the South. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, um, and. That's why all my family is from Louisiana, and I'm Cajun French. So I have a pretty, pretty diluted, um, you know, background uh, from France. We're considered dirty French. <laughs> Isn't everyone from France considered a dirty Frenchman? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. How dare they? <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't know. I know you're from the South and I know that you went, you went to school in Texas, correct? Yeah. I'm a military brat. So Ooh. my family is from the South and then I moved around all my life, but overall spent 15 years in Texas. So Texas is home. Uh, I'm from San Antonio, um, big military city. And I did go to school in San Antonio. Nice. And what and your degree was history, was it not? It was theater. Actually. Oh, theater. Ooh. Yes. yes. Fancy. Uh the one of the few acting programs in San Antonio uh was at University of the Incarnate Word where I went, very small Catholic university. Um I just have um I find pleasure in <laughs> LGBTQ+ plus history. So as we all should. Uh, right? how dare you (laughs) i mean i'm coming off for the heels of the the podcast that'll air right before yours the episode is with coco peru so i'm big i'm big on my queer history great great i not calling her old just saying (laughs) she's legend (laughs) young flower 
that bothers me. Um, <laughs> I uh, my interest in LGBTQ plus history is fairly recent. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't go to Pride, and I didn't. I from a Catholic family, I, mm-hmm. it was difficult. So it took me a while to like be okay with my own queerness, and then I like you know started going out and. Then I attended my first Pride, and then Derek Barry said, no one died at Stonewall, and I was like, well, no fucking die. I knew that, but like, what do I know about Stonewall? And that's <laughs> sort of like snowballed into me, like consuming as much gay history as I could. Um, so thank you, Derek Barry. <laughs> first time Derek's ever been thanked for that. yeah i think history is one of those subjects that when you're a kid is just not interesting in any way shape or form um i remember honestly hating history and hating any history class i was in and anytime i had to crack open a history book i was i would throw a fit and it wasn't until like i think it was grad school i took history of musical theater was it history it was either musical theater or opera. I had to take both of them for my degree, and I can't remember which is first, but one of them. And the professor loved history so much and got so excited about it that it just kind of sparked this interest of like, oh my God, I need to learn every piece of history there possibly is yeah. out there. And what's great about theater history is that you get to, because God, I loved my theater history class. <laughs> oh my God, I loved them. Because it was like, politics and current events and then how were theater artists interpreting that at that time and mm-hmm. how it affected the art form and set design and acting style girl it's I could po- go on and on <laughs> it's world politics but with a soundtrack that's all it is yeah yeah <laughs> exactly exactly oh god and then you put art history on top of that and how oh. that is affecting oh wet dream (laughs) so so how did you get into theater what 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 took you in that direction besides being gay (laughs) right i was born a phagosexual Uh, (laughs) what got me into theater um growing up um i i guess i had a natural draw to it i've like loved the dramatics since I can remember and I would like wrangle the kids in the cul-de-sac on bass and we would do like plays and I would divide these poor motherfuckers into like okay you're marketing <laughs> you're front of house you're and we're like designing posters and selling tickets oh my god I those poor kids um but my first musical was Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Yes. Um, I saw it. My my first live, live bit of theater, I saw it at a community theater in San Antonio. Um, and then it was pretty much over after that. Um, <laughs> I started consuming as much musical theater as possible. I ended up working for the education department at that theater as like the first thing of my career. Um, and then I tried to make the working actor thing work for a while. I moved to Austin and, um, was in some fun TV stuff and was, um, in a horror movie and it was, 
it was fun. I, um, and then I started working at the theater and then I finished my degree in 2016. I went to school for theater, blah, 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 blah. I ended up in New York <laughs> by accident, working some miserable <laughs> pyramid scheme job. I got laid off there. Then I, my boyfriend is in advertising and I needed a job and then I got into advertising. And then after a couple wrong turns, a recruiter reached out and now I am working at an ad agency that works on Broadway shows. Um, it's wonderful. So that, that's <laughs> my um, Cliff Notes version. <laughs> I mean, you went from making ads for plays on the base as a little kid to making ads for plays on Broadway. Like That's right. And my parents. It was in the stars. <laughs> truly, truly. How fortunate. I don't, I don't think I could remember what my first live musical was. Like the, like. Where did you uh, grow up? I grew up in Seattle, um, and okay. Seattle has a very strong community theater community. Yeah. Um, and it's the the arts, at least up until recently, have thrived in Seattle until mm. <clears throat> Amazon took over. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we would we would get season tickets to Seattle Children's Theater every year. Um, the earliest one I can remember seeing was a show called Mr. Popper's Penguins. Uh-huh. And it's based on a book. And I don't think anyone else in the world has ever seen the play. Uh, it's just a bunch of tap dancing penguins on stage. <laughs> it's a great show. It's a great show. I'm not saying it's a terrible show. It's a wonderful show. It's just very random. Yeah. Um, but I, I hesitate to say that was my first because I, I don't remember a time in my life when I haven't gone to live theater. Yeah. Um, the first one I remember seeing movie-wise was Sound of Music. So I always give that one credit. But yeah, the yeah. two VHS collection. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> We're um, at the intermission. Wait, we have to change VHS tapes? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sound of Music and uh, King and I. I have mm. the King and I on VHS and it had an intermission built in and oh i miss those old movie musicals that gave you intermissions I know. west side story where it just like changes color slowly yeah. over like, like 15 tape. minutes let the tape roll my the thing i never understood as a kid was like what it would get to those intermissions in movies and it's like the home version so like why is this intermission 20 minutes long? I don't want to leave the movie running while I'm out of the room. I'm going to pause it. And then I have to fast forward. So right. what am I supposed to do? It's weird. It's weird. I guess For kids out there, fast forwarding was a thing. You would have to actually sit there and press <laughs> the button and hold it and wait for the tape to move forward. So true. Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> God. Wow. Times have changed <laughs> so very much as patty lapone once said we've gotten to the point where instead of saying oh yeah that thing happened to me two years ago oh that thing happened what 20 years ago oh shit <laughs> the 90s was not 10 years ago oh my god i still feel like the 90s were only like five years ago like <laughs> weird god. oh god but anyway so i mean first off hello dolly good choice Thank you, Mom. Uh, Hello, Dolly was the the movie that inspired me to become a singer because there's that note 
that Barbara holds at the end of put on your Sunday clothes and holds it for like forever. Uh-huh. And I used to sit with the VHS and like play it and sing along and try to hold it. And if I couldn't make it, I would pause it, rewind it and do it over and over again till I could hold the note as long as she could. Find out years and years later, it was it was dubbed over and made it like God. electronically made it longer. I was like, how dare you? That was my entire childhood. <laughs> Little gay boys everywhere <laughs> fooling us. Oh God. I blame Gene Kelly. I could find became Harmonia Gardens. It, oh, like, of course. It's so good. I love it. So, <laughs> uh, and that was my first Barbara. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I knew Barbara Streisand. That's how I still know Barbara. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, oh, Barbara. God, yeah, it's a great choice, and and one of my very very favorite feel good mm-hmm. musicals. It's just. So you have recently started a YouTube series, YouTube channel, where you talk about LGBTQIA plus history. Yeah. I actually was just watching the one on Oscar Wilde. Very oh, lovely. Awesome. Wonderful man. I know. Uh, um, but tell me a little bit about that. I, bet that. I could talk. It's, I, I have a podcast. I'm very good at talking. Um <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the creation of that and uh, maybe some of the, the stories that have stuck out to you. Sure. Um, it started in this effort to find gay history and, and understand why it's left out of our history books and um, become a better gay man by understanding our history. Um, and not last year, but not this past Pride, but the Pride before that, I did a a 30-day Instagram series where I would post a little, just a little paragraph about some some gay guy or woman or (laughs) whomever um, from the past that either I found out something new by reading their Wikipedia page or I wanted people to know about. And it was really popular. And I was like, this year, we're stuck inside, we're losing the pride parade, I can't go out, I can't be be gay and do crimes. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do a 30-day video series. So I started a video series called Discovering Gay History where I would look up people that I knew nothing about and I didn't understand and I was unsure of. And with my hopeful audience, um, discover gay history together, share what I found and um, be gay and do crimes on the internet instead. That's awesome. It's a, it's that's something that this quarantine has given to us is the chance to, to kind of dive into those um, hobbies or desires or things that we've kind of had simmering in the back of our minds for a while. Totally. And been like, oh, I'll do that when I have time for it. Well, <laughs> now we have nothing but time for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, who who are some of the people that have kind of stuck out to you in all of your research? Yeah, gosh, there are so many unsung heroes from our, our fight for equal rights. Um, but I think some of the standouts for me... Um, prob- probably Stormy Delavier, mm. um, 
a trans, not a trans woman, a drag king, along with the trans women whom we are more familiar with, um, started the Stonewall riot. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little fuzzy. All of that info is a little fuzzy, but most accounts credit her with being the one who shouted to the the group of people outside the Stonewall Inn, like, aren't you going to do something? And mm -hmm. sort of sparked the the riots of mm -hmm. of that time um she's amazing and a hot drag king i mean oh yeah go look up some pictures <laughs> fine um and then some other ones that um stood out to me was frank camney the the grandfather of the gay rights movement um he was fired for being gay and and really is credited with starting the movement um, by putting it in in the the public eye. It was like a very public, loud thing. He petitioned to the Supreme Court. It actually failed, but without that petition, you know, everything couldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. um, and then, dear Abby, I did not know dear Abby was some like amazing ally wait what yes go watch my dear abby episode but she she like in the early 60s was saying gay is natural and that's who you are and you should accept it and like people were like the homosexuals have moved across the street what should i do and she was like <laughs> you can move you can move that's what you should do <laughs> So that's if you it. want to be a bigot, go live where bigots live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have some addresses oh. in San Antonio for you. <laughs> uh, so um, Making Gay History is a podcast that I listened to a lot and uh, sort of inspired the YouTube series. And it's so, so good. It's first-person interviews with these giants of the gay rights movement it's incredible go go wow. go it's so good adding it to my subscriptions now yes making gay <laughs> actually i think i might already subscribe to it and it's just i do already subscribe to it oh there you i go. just need to make sure i actually listen to it i have so many podcasts that i've subscribed one to is on there and inspired my episode so fantastic so good so good yeah um, who are some some or what are what are some queer historical moments that um, you think should be more widely spoken about that aren't? Uh, all of the riots in LA that we don't talk mm. about before Stonewall. There's the Cooper Donuts riots. There's the the diner riots. I'm gonna look it up right now while I'm talking to you. And these riots were like, they were often surrounded by um, trans women leading leading the the cause and and mm -hmm. uh, sex workers leading the cause. They were in these 24-hour, oh, the black cat riots, that's the other one. They were in these 24-hour establishments and um, the cops would pick on them. And not only were they part of the LGBTQ plus community, but they were also sex workers. So there's lots of illegal, and they're often people of color. So there are lots of things that the police hate. 
Yeah. It's almost like the queer community is intersectional and should be intersectional. And it's good that it's intersectional. I have never heard that argument before. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird how that works. And it's always been that. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Strange. So the cops would pick on <laughs> communities and the, the, the businesses were not always supportive nor, nor specifically queer spaces. So these riots marked really what we should consider the beginning of the gay rights movement, despite Stonewall having, mm. um, holding that title. Um, Stonewall was just like the perfect storm. There were like things happening around and before Stonewall that made it such a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's considered the beginning. Well, and probably also because it was the first one that then had the the yearly commemoration. Totally. Um, totally. I, I don't think LA did that. Right, right. Um, and national coverage. Mm-hmm. It really... And you have the sexual revolution going on around that time, and you've got women's rights. There are all these, like, civil things bubbling to the top that Mm -hmm. all made it um, what it is. Yeah. And if you listen to, I think, five or six episodes ago, maybe farther. No, I think it's, like, five or six episodes. I did an episode about uh, Addison, the murder of Addison Verrill and Paul Bateson and all those people. And right around the time of Stonewall, there were so many murders that were happening of gay men and queer people. Um, it, there was just, there was a lot of fear and a lot of unrest that kind of, um, the Stonewall riots just kind of popped the pimple on, but, um, but yeah, definitely. I think the LA riots are, are things that we need to talk about more because they aren't really discussed um and they were they were also taking place at the same time as a lot of the the civil rights sit-ins weren't they totally totally and the 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 sit-in at julius bar is exactly a pickup of the civil rights lunch counter sit-ins it's like Mm. oh this is working for this other movement let's take it and use it for our movement and if it wasn't for the sit-in at julius Stonewall wouldn't have been ready to be yeah is absolutely at Julius gave the gay community their spaces it like gave permission mm-hmm. for gay people to be in gay spaces and by gay I mean the whole umbrella of the community <laughs> yeah uh, and you can't give the people their space and then continue to raid it it just so the people were real fucking pissed like everyone yeah. said that we could have this and mm-hmm. you still i mean and that's still happening too when i was working in bars in seattle um i was i was hosting karaoke two nights a week and i would stay after closing and like help clean up and stuff like that and while they weren't raids quote unquote the um uh, what do they call them the liquor board would come in generally probably two or three times a week, like five minutes after closing and be like, are all the glasses off the tables? Is, is the alcohol put away? Blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. we, we were fined a few times because we were like five minutes late doing stuff like that versus the straight bars in town hadn't like, none of them had seen the liquor board in months. Yeah. Over policing. Mm-hmm. They love to do it. Defund the police. 
Yes, please. Yes, all of that. <laughs> Defund them, decriminalize the people that shouldn't be criminalized. Yeah. Uh, add in social workers everywhere, please. Seriously. I, I hope that that is coming. I hope that that is coming for everyone who deserves it. But... <laughs> uh, the, the, it's frustrating. Uh, <laughs> um, 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 questions are not happening in my brain right now. This I'm. Is I, this is a relaxed yeah. podcast. Oh, you mean that thing that I told you before we started and that I get all like, I do this every single time. I preamble the podcast with just, you know, it's just a nice conversation, like blah, blah, blah. And then the whole time I'm just like, I need to come up with questions. I need to like, make sure that this is interesting. I need to like, <laughs> what am I going to ask this person that they're never going to have been asked before? <laughs> How do you feel about abortion? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could we could go there, but we're also two <laughs> white men sitting here. I don't think that's I don't think that's the topic. <laughs> no, I don't think it is either. I mean, I don't think it is either. <laughs> oh God! What about you? What is uh? What's something that you've learned about LGBT LGBTQ plus? history lately that you didn't know that you think people should know Ooh, lately um i haven't been doing the research that i should have been doing in the last few months because i've been preoccupied with other stuff um but i do there is you could tell me that you learned that q meant queer and the acronym i don't care I mean, one of the, there's a person, uh, like an actual, like queer person in history that I do like to champion a lot. Um, back when I was going to school and was planning on getting my doctorate and eventually will, it'll happen. Of course. Um, but the, the person that I was studying and researching to write my dissertation about um, is Dame Ethel Smythe. Yeah. Um, She's someone a lot of people don't know about, and it's very strange to me that people don't. Um, I actually got really excited last year at the, was it the Brooklyn Museum? Had the, yeah, they were the ones who had the After Stonewall exhibit. Uh, yeah. Um, they had that big room that was a triangle table filled with place settings for famous people throughout history. And they had a place setting for Dame Ethel Smythe, and I got so excited i like started jumping up and down i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god i took pictures of it um but she she was one of the heads of the um the women's suffrage movement in england um and she was a very very outspoken lesbian uh in the late 19th century early 20th century um, in a time, obviously when it was not popular or okay to be outspoken about those things um, and she, like, if you ever hear any of the suffragette hymns, things like that, most of them were written by her because she was a composer. She's an incredible composer. So um, she, a lot of her music at the time was compared to Wagner, only it's a lot 
more emotional in a good way. Uh-huh. <laughs> like not because she's a woman, but like she actually like understood human emotions and could write them into music instead of extra brass and trumpets. That'll work. Yeah. Um, but she, up until I think it was 2016, 2017, was the only woman to have an opera performed at the Met. And now there's only one other. There are only two women composers to have ever had an opera performed there. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, But she was, she would do things. The reason I love her so much is she would do things like she would um, go up to MPs houses and throw bricks through their windows and she would scream at them in the streets. And um, it got to the point where she was, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? She was um, um, sent away to France. What's the word I'm looking for? She wasn't allowed to come back to England. Uh, exiled? <laughs> Thank you. She was exiled to France <laughs> by the crown. They told her that she was not allowed to come back to England. And so she moved to France for, I think, two or four, two to four years, somewhere in there, until finally the the crown was like okay you can you can come back it's fine well, we're sorry exile me to france please. <laughs> i would love to be exiled to france oh my god you just have to start yelling in the streets <laughs> the fascists and the patriarch because i'm doing that inside yeah. <laughs> just stand outside throw a few bricks through windows and be like don't put me in jail just exile me i i'm okay being exiled to paris just just let me go there thanks you know what would be a terrible punishment is if you <laughs> exiled me to Paris. I'd hate that. Awful. You know that place where they have the coronavirus much more under control and like you can actually go out and to places and not worry why? about your life. <laughs> I'd hate that. Yeah, it would be terrible. It'd be the worst. <laughs> um but yeah, she's she's a really cool person. And I think we should all emulate her and scream and shout at fascists and throw bricks through their windows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I uh, should do... I should put her on my list for next year. Ooh, do it. It is LGBTQ History Month in October. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because June is Black History Month. Because yeah. I always think of June as being like Black History Month. Pride Month. Because it's like Pride Month, and we're talking about gay stuff, but it's Black History Month, isn't it? I thought February was Black History Month. I don't. Because that's. How about, how about every month is Black History Month? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have to look this up now because I don't want to just be spouting what bad month? information. Is June. Okay, so you're right. Black History Month is February. Um, June is what history month? This is where I need a producer who can just be <laughs> like, um, <laughs> let's fact check that. Uh, it's women's... Nope, that's March. June... Oh, it's just Pride Month. Oh. So okay. we get two months... Don't tell the straights. 
upset. We're not getting rid of our second month. You can't make us. And coming out day is coming up. I think it's the 12th, the 11th. Yes, 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 yes. See, it makes sense that we would take Pride Month and the month that includes Halloween because straights don't do Halloween, right? I know a couple straights that do, but they're practically gay men. So <laughs> shout out to Stephanie. They're wow, can... honor- honorary gays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like you can't say faggot, but you can sit at our table. You, know? <laughs> you can't wear the pink, but you can look at the pink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll even let you touch it sometimes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what was so you grew up Catholic and you grew up in the military in a military family yeah what was that like when did you come out what was what was that all it wasn't fun (laughs) I can't imagine um I uh it was repressed for a really long time I didn't come out until after uh high school um yeah, there were just certain expectations on masculinity and the role of a man in the house. Um, it, it it just was what it was at that time. Like, I, I didn't have a bad childhood or anything. Mm-hmm. My mom took me to Hello Dolly for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, um, it, but once I was starting to figure it out, uh, that's when it got kind of hairy. Mm. I was put in conversion therapy. Oof. Uh, yeah. It, it was not good. I'm still unpacking that in therapy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, and I was kicked out of the house and was then in an abusive relationship. So it, it d- did not set me off on the right foot. Um, and even still to this day, we don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do a video on P flag, uh, parents for lesbians and gays, and <clears throat> Jean, Jean Manford. Ooh, I can't believe I remember that name. <laughs> Jean Manford is the mother who started that group, and she wrote a very famous letter, I think, to the New York Post. New York Magazine, one of those. Definitely not the New York Times, but something with <laughs> New York in the name. <laughs> she, wrote letter, <laughs> she wrote a letter after her son was put in the hospital uh, by a hate crime. Mm-hmm. He was beat up. Um, she said, my son is a homosexual and I love him. And that sort of blew mm. up. Um, and I, I tell this story, one, because it's a great story and P-Flag was founded and she marched in the Pride Parade and she was here in Queens for Queens Pride for like our first Pride. She was like the, you know, the, the, marshal, the, the Grand Marshal. I was going to say the headmaster. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's a school. <laughs> I, I tell this story because oh but fuck jk rowling i'm sorry i made a harry potter reference fuck that <laughs> it has a life of its own we could we could enjoy it without her i've only branded my body fine <laughs> i may or may not have a wand sitting behind me on my shelf so <laughs> oh there it is i see yep, it. it's right up there money spent it's like it's too late nope 
we've spent our money I, from this point forward. Anyway, I digress. Sorry <laughs> about P Flag because I released that episode and I got a text from my mom that said my son is a homosexual and I love him. And that was a big deal. Have we talked about it since then? No. <laughs> it just, it's not worth, there's a lot of baggage and history there. It's just yep. not really worth, vis- like the damage is done and you, mm. you're responsible for some really psych, hard psychiatric things to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, so you gave up your right to that portion of my life. And that's that. I feel like that's a really healthy way of thinking about it. Like not saying it didn't matter, but just saying it was, that's mine now. I get to take control of it. That's not in your hands anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It was a very helpful thing that a therapist told me. Go to therapy if you can. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, I don't, it, it was hard for me to like not feel indebted to my parents because they raised me. But my therapist was like, girl, you're 30 years old. You could move past that. Mm-hmm. You're your own man. Like, look at you. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that I moved to New York. We called it the center of sin or something like that. I was like. And we love it for <laughs> it. <laughs> how do i get there quicker (laughs) i have to say there are there are times where i look at pictures of old Times square and i'm just like i wish i know i just want to walk into one of those peep shows just for the fuck of it i know Uh. oh but everyone knows that i have a long history with sex clubs and bathhouses and that's great. Kills me a little bit inside every time I remember that New York doesn't have any of those. You know, mm. travel all over the world. What is New York's problem? Giuliani. <laughs> and now he's the nation's problem. <laughs> yes, he is. Wow. Oh, God. I just want to set up a mom and pop bathhouse down the street. <laughs> My two oh. dream business ventures, a sensible bathhouse and a really great taco restaurant. <laughs> no hot sauce though. No, no hot, hot sauce. sauce. Well, I'll make sure that they're on opposite sides of the city. <laughs> I just, I have this basement and I have nothing to do with it. So I just wanted to turn it into a, you know, little independent sex club. Like, just what's wrong with that? I would with some <laughs> holes in it. And what more could you want? <laughs> just the New York version. Oh, shoot. What are those videos called? The, the, uh, this is just going to show the depths I go to on the internet. The like, videos you see of the yeah the check one where it's just like guys butts hanging out (laughs) oh new york new york we have failed you uh (laughs) there's still hope we can still defund the police and we can bring the bathhouses back 
That's what they should do. Defund the police and pour that money into opening <laughs> bathhouses. I mean, all they have to do is call Seamworks. They already have a chain of bathhouses. And the one in Toronto is just a couple hours north. Like, <laughs> bring one down here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not till after the pandemic. Like, let the plague end first. Yeah. But <laughs> The depravity that this has gone to. We're talking about Dear Abby and the foundation of parents for lesbians and gays. And here we are shaming everyone by talking about bathhouses. How are we shaming them? I'm sorry. Oscar Wilde was put in prison for doing what? Okay. (laughs) You've got a point. Us queers have always been freaks. That's true. (laughs) They'll once never you, take the rambles from us. <laughs> once you throw one set of morals out the window, the rest of them go with it. Baby That's with the bathwater. All religions hate us. <laughs> Absolutely. Who cares about moralism? We got this on lockdown. <laughs> we have better sex. It's not our fault. <laughs> we're just willing to try new things. Yeah. And we actually fun. like the people that we're around. <laughs> True. Uh, most of the time. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, hardly ever. But <laughs> there's a difference between liking someone and judging them. You could judge them even though you like them. That's true. But I like judging people I don't like better. That's true. That's <laughs> just just me on Facebook. Well, I've seen how bitches treat you on Facebook. <laughs> I don't anymore because I blocked everyone. <laughs> I mean, it got to the point where I was, I almost just deleted my Facebook altogether and was like, but. What's Trevor read in the morning? (laughs) I mean, nothing because I post on Facebook once every like three days anymore. (laughs) I've gotten so bored of it. Scroll back just for old time's sake. True. Oh, (laughs) oh God. I would never want to scroll back on my Facebook timeline. I will never run for any office because I will have to scroll back to like, what was it? Like 2005, 2006 when I started my Facebook. And Oh, God. Anyway, uh, MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. My MySpace skin was Brie Vandekamp from Desperate Housewives. Of course it was. Oh, my God. I'm so glad to hear that you're Desperate Housewives gay. Oh, Absolutely. Because no one else in my life knows that show. And it it depresses me. You should watch it now. It still, it holds up. It holds up. It, oh, okay. So I used to fall asleep every night to Desperate Housewives. Like that's how many times I've watched it. I would just turn it on to be that like background noise because I could like watch it in my head with the sound going. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that show so well, and I say that, and yet I still forget people's names every now and then. I but know, uh, you're like that one guy that killed that other guy, <laughs> but in the secret behind the. And dumpster. then that guy's wife, who like died or like just disappeared. I don't remember what her name was. Not the but she was pretty. Crash, but after the plane crash, <laughs> the plane crash was the best season. It truly, deeply is. Mm. Ugh. But honestly, that show, if we're talking about queer history, that show is a huge part of queer history. (laughs) Hello. 
Mark Cherry will never top that. He tried and it didn't work. Girls never topped anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, oh, it's so, it's so good. Down to the titles of every episode. And all the musical theater, um, one, references sprinkled throughout, especially in his titles. But Mm. you got Roger Barton there. You've got all these like Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. God bless Vanessa Williams. Oh my God. One year I tweeted at her for her birthday and she retweeted it and I almost died. Wow. That is I mean that's no that that's obviously nothing to you, but well, but to I mean, me that's everything. Um, for everyone listening who doesn't know, Trevor's on a first name basis with Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, it's true it's true we go way back we go way back um i i have to say so you did a video what was the the company that you did the video for it was for iHeartRadio. radio uh, iheart radio it was a series called fan versus artist and these bitches tweeted does anyone is anyone a fan of kristen chenoweth I is that a question everyone i knew and said, you better tweet iHeartRadio right now and get me on this fucking video. <laughs> and I was overwhelmingly the obvious choice. And they emailed <laughs> me and they set it up and it was the greatest day of my life. I can imagine. I just, I haven't even gotten to see her perform live and I've heard that's magical. So I can't imagine being able to have a conversation with someone like her. She was so kind it was you may laugh by me saying it was the greatest day of my life but i'm not laughing <laughs> it was i spent like two hours with that bitch oh my god she was so kind and just the gentlest little baby angel you've ever fucking seen oh, i love her i remember reading her book when like right after it came out Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of money, but I got the paperback and I like poured through it as quickly as I could. And it was just, ugh. Like I already loved her because I knew her from Wicked and You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. This is like young me, still in the closet me. Yeah. Um, knew her from those two things. And I read her book and I was just like, she is magic. <laughs> oh she's so sweet and her family was there and i met her boyfriend and oh i'm so glad that she's not with joshua bell anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, god God. i only say that because my sister is a violinist and i know what violinists are like oh (laughs) especially soloists (laughs) yeah but (sighs) I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't. I would literally die walking into that room. I would faint dead away. I somehow held it together. She just, she just really like put me at ease. It was so Mm -hmm. sweet. It was so sweet and natural than human. It was really, there's always that fear that you're going to meet someone that you've admired that long and they're, not who you want them to be but yeah she's an excellent actress which obviously she is she's 
has such like I feel like people don't talk about the fact that she can act literally anything. I know. Like from the best friend in Bewitched to American Gods, like Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Depp is shook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And you know, she had released an album that she was doing mm-hmm. a press before, which was what this was for. And then, you know, just a couple weeks later was her concert on Broadway and I had opening night tickets to that and I won the lottery for the next day's matinee. So I went and it was so cold and she had a two show day, so she didn't come out, but she like waved and sent me a an autographed playbill. And Aww. she's just, she blew me kisses on her, her curtain call cause I was in the front row cause I won the lottery. I feel like all of the best people, like all of the best performers that I've ever met are like that. Like I very briefly got to meet Sutton Foster and she was very similar in that she like, first off when I met her, so it was at the stage door for Young Frankenstein in Seattle. I waited 45 minutes. She finally came out and she was like talking. This uh, sounds really weird and like, Duh, she would. But as a former orchestra member, soloists never talk to you. Yeah. Like, the performers don't talk to the pit, ever. And she was just, like, standing there talking to one of the French horn players. And I was like, she's cool. I I get her. She's cool. And I walked over, and I was so excited. I was, like, I think I was in college at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. And I, like didn't know how to say anything. I just had my poster in one hand and a Sharpie in the other. I was just like, Ugh. and she, she turned to the French horn players, like just a second, walked over to me and she was like, did you want an autograph? I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then she stood and talked there with me for like five or 10 minutes. Um, Andrea Martin came out at the same time and like signed my poster and then sat and talked with us for a couple of minutes. And then Megan Mullally came out and waved at us and said, I've been here since 8 a.m. I have to go home and sleep and flounced into her limo and left. And I was like, it's okay. I met Sutton. <laughs> I met Andrea. <laughs> I met Andrea Morton. She was in Pippin, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, she was a huge bitch. Is she? She was a huge bitch to me. She was so nice to me. <laughs> Maybe she likes out-of-town tryouts better. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, she was also playing Frau Blucher, so, like, how could you not be having fun with that? Yeah, seriously. Um, seriously. But then, the, the, the only other, like, famous, famous person, since I'm ex- apparently telling all of my stories right now, <laughs> Uh, the only other actually famous person, like I've worked with drag queens that are like famous to gay people and stuff like that. But the only per- the only name that like straight people would recognize <laughs> um, was I got to see the company revival in London last year, mm-hmm. um, and Patty Lapone was in it, and I was just like I was obviously expecting just like a quick like nod and sign and move on, which is what she did with most people. Um. And then she got to me and she was signing my my playbill and or not playbill, but my my because 
they don't do London shows. Um, but my, my program, and I was just like, just so you know, that was, this is my favorite show. I could tell that you all were having so much fun. Thank you for your hard work. And she like took a step back and looked at me and was just like, thank you. And like gave me the, it was like, like a good, like 15 to 20 seconds of just like, huh, someone actually cares at a stage door. And then she moved on. <laughs> I was like, I just had a moment with Patty. I just, I just, <laughs> that's great. And now I keep that program right next to my bed. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yeah, that's amazing. I love um, store. I think that might be a thing of the past from. Oh, yeah. Or even just like going to the stage door, even if you didn't see the show, but you're yeah. like around the area and shows are letting out and you're like, there's someone in that show I'd love to meet. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're getting near the end of the episode, uh, sure. but I've started making sure I ask all of my guests, what is some advice you would give to uh, newly birthed queer babies out there? Oh, take your time, honey. There's so much, there's so much gay out there right now. <laughs> take your time, enjoy, and find your people and um, take your time <laughs> and enjoy. It's so wonderful once you settle into your own skin and you're not gonna do that right away and you gotta give yourself room to make mistakes and try different things and meet as many people as you can comfortably. Maybe mm -hmm. you're an introvert. Don't let that make you upset. That's okay. If you're an introvert, get into drag because it'll force you to meet people. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do it. It will be hell. <laughs> <laughs> the pool is too full right now. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I think it's, it's give yourself some time the community, there is a place for you in this community. And although the community has a lot of work to do itself, it is still way better than being straight. <laughs> and welcome home. Agreed. Is welcome home. Yes. Let's party. Let's kiki. Perfect. Um, and where can people find you online? They can find me on the YouTube. Trevor Chauvin, my my spelling. I, I guess that will be in the description of the episode. I will absolutely put it in the description. Um, I've got Discovering Gay History, and I've got a fun, drunk cooking show called Quarantine Cuisine that you can also check out. <laughs> and then I'm on the Insta and the Twitter at T-R-E-V-O-R-S-H-O-W-V-A-N, the phonetic spelling of my last name. So, And also a fun mental picture of the 1970s version of showboat <laughs> yes yes exactly but with lots of shag carpeting obviously <laughs> um, and you guys know where to find us you can find all of that information down in the description box um thank you for listening and thank you for being here trevor i Thanks appreciate for it this is so fun and gay <laughs> i try i can't do anything not gay so <laughs> same same <laughs> it fits all right. Well, have a good night. Stay yeah, safe. Fun. Stay stay quarantined. Yeah. Thank fun. you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Fun. And we will see you yeah, all later. Fun. Bye. Yeah.
Yeah, but. Thank you yeah, for listening but. to Yeah, But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time. Yeah, but. Yeah, but.